Hello lovely people, welcome to the show. My guest today is a very multi-talented individual, mainly known by her presence in the art world and many different mediums. She currently works as a chef and has had her own show on local radio, so what a perfect guest to have on. Please welcome Eugene Shin. Home Audio Entertainment. 9016 Radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit down, relax, enjoy the music. So how did you get into radio? How did I how get? Lo- how long have you been on the radio for? Are you still doing your radio shows? I'm not doing radio anymore because I'm not a student yeah. anymore. Um, but true. Oh, is that yeah. well, that was that like the prerequisite to be on well, radio it, one? It's like it's like a student radio station. So uh, most of the DJs and stuff, all like the volunteers are students. But um, yeah, I guess I. Didn't really think of it as something that I would be interested in, but I, I mean, I've always been pretty passionate about music, like Dineen music and New Zealand music in general. Um, and my friend at the time, or my friend was a worked there at the time, and she was a music director there, and um, she just kind of pushed me towards like yeah. applying um, sure. or like applying for a volunteer position because so you have to like fill out a some kind of like application form and like curate a playlist that you would play if you were to have a show on Radio 1. And then, um, yeah, my friend Hennessy Griffiths also was applying around the same time and then we were like, should do a Let's show together. Ahead. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we did that for a couple of years and now, now she's the music director there and I have gone in a completely different direction in my life and now I work in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. That's how it goes. So when, yeah. when was the last time that you were on the radio? How long have you um, been? I think... Last year, probably like November or December, that was my last show. Oh, wow, um, it has been quite a while. Yeah, I think the last person I interviewed was, um, I hope I get his name right, it's Peter Riddell, and he's um, the vocals and synths guy for Wax Chattels. Oh, okay. Um, and he started his own solo project called Sulfate, and he was doing a show in Dunedin. So I was just like interviewing him about that. Um, but yeah, we did some... Pretty pretty good interviews like throughout our time there. Um, I think our most exciting one was when we um, tracked down Ben Lummis. Who no was kidding, Mister <laughs> <laughs> Mister yeah. New Zealand Idol. Yeah, right? yeah. He um, well, Hennessy found him like and got in touch with him, and we managed to get him on air. That's awesome. Um, and he so talked. was he in Dunedin at the time or had you... No, it was just a phone call. interview. So okay. like she had, I th- I'm pretty sure this is the story, but she had messaged him drunk before ben, <laughs> and been like, Ben, where you at? Like, where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? Uh, yeah, essentially, because he, well, he had like one hit single and then it's kind of disappeared off the radar. Yeah, that was is so true. big in New Zealand. Yeah, right. It was massive. Because that was the first... New Zealand Idol, like first season of New first Zealand Idol, there was, wasn't it? So yeah. that was like such a novelty in itself to be the first New Zealand Idol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, that was when like American Idol was like huge as well. Like that was probably at the peak and then New Zealand Idol was like a thing for a few seasons. Um, yeah, and then we just interviewed him about like what he'd, <laughs> what he'd been up to essentially since um, since the show. And, and what was the answer? Oh, he... Um, so, He's got a family now. He, um, How old is he? I don't actually know. I have no idea. I presume I would, he would have been like in his 20s when he 
I think I think it might have even been younger, like it was like slightly younger, like twenty or like nineteen or something like that. So it was like a he was saying how bizarre it was, like really really strange to suddenly have everyone in New Zealand recognize you. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, for sure. Pretty it's a pretty strange experience. Yeah. Eh? I mean, it's a pretty small country as it yeah. is, so everyone just been like, "Ben Lomas." He <laughs> <laughs> um, was saying how he'd go to Mitre Ten, like, yeah. and just be like bombarded with people. God, how um, frustrating that would be, eh? Yeah. And what else did we find out? Surely yeah. there's some interesting. I mean, what is he doing for a career? He obviously didn't he, um, do anything more with music. I actually don't remember. I th- I'm pretty sure he started. Uh, working at a rise like church, so he oh, was okay. quite. He's quite a Christian man. Yeah. Um, and I, f- I feel like the only other thing I remember about the interview was that he really, really loves Lisa's original hummus. So, um, <laughs> so much so that um, Lisa's got in touch with Ben and Hennessy after the show yeah. and sent them both like a fuck ton of hummus. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was pretty fun. And we were meant to like organize a comeback show for him. Yeah. Like in Dunedin. And then I just. To play his one song. Yeah. Yeah. Just that one song. Um, and then that just kind of never ended up happening. Fizzled out so. again. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. So how do you. This is sort of uh, maybe breaking the fourth or question. But <laughs> okay. How do you conduct like an interview? What is your. When you know you're going to be talking to Ben Lummis. Like, are you just sort of I, off the cuff? Like, was it you and Hennessy that were orchestrating the, the question? I feel like I'm, like, for me, I would get really anxious before an interview unless I had, like, set questions mm. that I need, I could go through and I had done, like, a bunch of research beforehand. Um, whereas I think, I guess, Hennessy and my, like, slightly different interviewing styles kind of complemented each other because okay. I would have, like, sort of, like, questions about, um, I don't know, generally just like about their work and like their, like if their upbringing had anything to do with like... More straightforward. Question. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Um, and I remember asking him like how it felt to just suddenly be like catapulted into the spotlight of New Zealand mm. and stuff like that. Whereas um, I think Hennessy preferred doing like curveball questions yeah, so like yeah, like us bouncing off ones. each other was was pretty good yeah, that's um, makes it exciting yeah. yeah and then i like we ended up having to fill two different slots um last year so we had to like separate sadly so i started yeah just uh, getting a little bit more comfortable with interviewing artists and stuff but i still had to have like yeah. A list of questions. Had to be that I prepared, could go eh? Yeah, especially yeah. when it's live, you got to be like, right, yeah. how do we not make especially this? Especially when it's live, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but generally, like the most artists are like pretty, pretty excited to talk about their work, yeah. and that, I mean, I'm sure you find as well, like conf- conversation just kind of starts flowing a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. an interesting thing to <clears throat> to really have to keep a conversation going, and and what you learn about people. And how you teach yourself how to actually listen. Yeah. Because the thing yeah. I found with doing this is that I can't have any breaks, though it's not live like a radio show would be. Yeah. I do have the perk of being able to sort of edit things afterward, but I still have to like find how to get past those breaks right. and whether like to sort of stop and let people continue talking or mm-hmm. whether you just sort of like just try and go and go and go. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, like, seeing how people react to how conversations sort of weed away or, like, how. Yeah. I think in some cases, like, I think if you're interviewing, I don't know if you've experienced this, but, like, with interviewing 
uh, people in the creative field, which is which is what I'm trying to achieve here. Some people perhaps don't like talking about themselves so much or don't even mm. know how to actually like explain what it is that they do. Yeah. Because I struggle with that. I know if people ask me about painting, I don't really know – like it's not that deep for me, so yeah. I never really know how to give sort of an elaborate answer on something like yeah. that. Have you come yeah. across that with interviewing people? Sometimes, yeah. I had I had a few people who um, had never been interviewed before, so I was like the first um, person. And usually it would be a live show, so they'd be doubly as nervous. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I generally found myself like saying a little disclaimer before we went on air, like just – if the microphones freak you out, just like, no, it's, it's easier said than done, but just like pretend none of this equipment is in the room. It's literally <laughs> just you and me. Yeah. We're having a conversation. Um, and, yeah, people would usually loosen up um, a few questions and like. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. Once you get over that first hurdle and you just realise, oh, okay, we are just talking yeah. like it's not, it's exactly. not that much pressure, yeah. And I think I think it definitely matters how like people can phrase questions as well. Like um, I think there is a way that can be quite intimidating for creative people to like mm. kind of have so much pressure um, trying to describe their work and themselves like in a few sentences. Whereas yeah. like if you ask them kind of like, yeah, I guess like loose inspirations and like, you know, like how certain things um, – what does it mean? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Things like yeah. that, I, I feel like they would generally kind of freak people out a little bit. Yeah. Um, unless they were, they were used to um, interviews and stuff. Yeah, it's much easier to ask questions like, so when did you get started and that yeah, sort exactly. of thing rather than being like, so tell me what this means yeah, and what it's like, all about because it's really hard. Yeah, because for someone that might be all that the work's about, you know, they might have – such a deep meaning or story to something that it is easy for them to just go, yeah, well, this is when such and such happened or this is how I feel when rah, rah, rah. Yeah. But for someone who's purely just like creating in the visual art world, someone that's just making something to be seen, like myself, for example, because I just know this is this is how I think about this sort of stuff when I'm trying to explain it is it is just like as literal as just painting something. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's not like okay, well, I, I have this feeling about this or I, I have this story that I want to tell or this, you know, this image that I want to present to the world, mm. um, which which does have its sort of sort of second meaning in that sense. But, yeah, it's sometimes it doesn't. Like, it's it seems like there always there's this stigma around paintings that they have to have some sort of meaning yeah, and it's yeah. weird exhibiting things and then having people go to you, oh, well, this one's interesting. What does this mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, I like well, <laughs> I mean, sometimes the the point is to, you know, create uh, something that you can interpret. You know, it's not necessarily that it's going. This is what this means. This is how you should see it. Yeah, it's like, how are you going to look at this? Especially if it's something more abstract. You know, it's it's different if you've just painted like a landscape or something that people know because that in itself it has meaning. You know, whereas like something a bit more out there I suppose mm. people are going to be like so what is this about and yeah. you want sometimes people to just make a story up for their own because yeah. that's what sells art right well I guess that's what art is and a lot of artists have kind of never really spoken about like what their specific arts are about or like what specific pieces are about mm. but you know it's up for interpretation like I don't know this is going to sound real cliche, but I feel like a lot of Banksy's work is up for interpretation yeah, as well. Absolutely. Like literally 
all artists, um, like there is an element of that. Yeah, um, for sure. And in always. that case, we we don't even really know who the artist is. Yeah. You're really separating the art from the artist as well, so you don't really have any sort of story to go off. Yeah. Except that is a big story in itself, I suppose. But like, you're really seeing the work for what it is. Yeah. And to not be able to get an answer for what the meaning of the work is sort of adds to the art itself, mm, you know. Yeah. Have like, you had much experience with that? Like, how do you see? It? Well, I'm going to ask you that question. Oh, like, how oh. do you how do you feel about your work? Do you find? Like, uh, I suppose you've worked in quite a few different mediums, though. Haven't yeah, you? yeah. So uh, the last wee while, I feel like I've kind of leaned more towards um, like doing illustrations and more like design stuff. So like things based around a brief. Or like with a purpose because I feel like I can work easier or in that specific medium when I have like a purpose for something instead of um, as much as I would love to get into digital artwork and stuff. I I find that if I don't have a purpose for something, then I can't quite finish something to the standard that I'd like to. Right. Purely Um, in the digital sense? um, Both, I guess. Yeah. Like on all mediums. I, um, I think I really struggle with not having like a purpose for like even if I am making art um if I can't find a purpose for it or if it's not for a brief or anything like that I I generally can't quite um like I struggle trying to navigate finishing like a a piece right um which is yeah and I, I think when I sit down and I like try to do something more just terms of like illustrating and making something look like aesthetically pleasing that in itself I, I feel like is a brief so I, oh okay yeah, if that yeah. makes sense yeah I get, I get yeah. what you're saying you were saying before um about heavy how you're having a wee bit of a block at the moment do you yeah. think that that has been a big part in your block or is it purely um, you were saying your yeah. study or something that's affected that too well I feel like yeah, I'm not, I'm not really generally – I'm still trying to figure out this um, artist block that I've been experiencing. But, yeah, I mean, I have done a few um, briefs, like, over the last few months, and I, I feel like I navigate those fine, but when it's something for myself, like mm. if I'm trying to do something for myself or paint something for myself, I can't quite – I don't really know what it is. You but can't grasp the end result because yeah. it's your own opinion rather than someone yeah. else's. Like um. I think the last kind of like art work that I did was um, the show I did with, or the um, Jonathan Waters show mm, that I that was That collaborative on. one. Yeah, so that piece. I love that piece. Oh, thanks. So <laughs> um, yeah, that was like, I feel like that had a brief in itself. And so I found it like easier to kind of finish it off. And my work style is like super strange. Like I can't. I can't sit down and like work work through something like gradually. Like I either sit down for like three hours and bang it out and like finish it, mm. or I don't sitting tu- on it for ages. yeah, don't touch it for like literal years. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's it's pretty frustrating trying to make myself do things consistently because I, I just can't quite seem to, and I don't really know what it is. But um, if I sit down and if I'm like in that kind of headspace, I can just like pump out work. Yeah, right. For, so I guess it's like, yeah. Interesting. And <laughs> it's a really interesting concept. Not really I feel sure like, why. <laughs> I feel like it's usually the other way around. Um, I, the way I think about that situation, if, if I was having to make work for someone else, 
I feel like it would never be done. You yeah. Know? Whereas when I do it for myself, I find I get results pretty quickly because, mm. you know, I'm in control. I know what I want it to mm. look like. Whereas when you're doing something, I've, I've never had the, the experience of, of doing anything for it. Actually, no, that's not true. I have done one commission, um, which was which was fine. But mm. I think generally speaking, I would, yeah, I would want to, because you have no idea about what the person really thinks. Right. You feel like sometimes it gets to a point where you're either just doing too much and you're not achieving it, mm. or you've sort of just come to a point where the, the person who wants something or, you know, whatever it's for has just sort of come to the conclusion, oh, well, that's that's good enough sort of thing. Yeah. At least that's how I interpret how they would interpret yeah, it, which sounds yeah. ridiculous. But, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how when – you, when, when you're in a zone where you can just sort of like – put in a whole afternoon to just sort of get in that workout. Mm. Is that in itself sort of the purpose that you're I don't like I don't really know. It's just it's just literally been like how I've been able to make work for myself or like if mm. if I want to make something just for the hell of it or like for no other purpose than like for me. Um that's been like the only way that I can do things. Right. And that's it's been that way since I was like a child. Mm. It, like, if I'm not feeling, if I'm not feeling it, I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and fair um, enough. You can't be expected to do what you do all the time as well. Yeah. You know, like it's, sometimes it's healthy to actually not do anything for a while yeah. and sort of find the joy in it again by coming back to it. I think there's a weird stigma um, in this generation, in particular, that you need to like monetize off your joys and your passions. Mm. So I think I found that quite, uh, like I found through that way of thinking, I put a lot of pressure on myself and then when I wasn't achieving those goals, I would um, get quite self-conscious about my work and then like, you know, put less of it out there and then gradually just kind of like stop making work that I like actually enjoy for myself and then just keep kind of thinking like, is this what people want to see? Or like, is this what, like how I want people to see my artwork? And so I've been, over the last few, over the last year or so, I've been trying to like separate these two different ways of working in my head, like doing, coming from like a designer's point of view where you are given a brief and you're given like, you know, someone's problem and you're like having to solve it through your own creativity and your mediums and stuff and then like trying to separate that from like your own artists, like Mm. your own creativity and your own thoughts and your own kind of way of working. So that's been a bit of a struggle because I've found that those two kinds of ways of working have always kind of intersected with me. So yeah, I guess (laughs) what I'm trying to say is like, there, there are two different ways of that I've figured out that I work in. So trying to, like, kind of keep myself happy with doing mm. both of those. Yeah, because you want to be able to create the work as organically as possible without yeah. the thought of having to sell that and yeah, profit from exactly. that. But you also need, need that pay. too. Yeah. If, if that's solely what you're doing, you yeah. need to be able to make money back from what you're making so that you can make more of it, you know. Yeah, like everyone has rent to pay, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what it is. But, yeah, yeah that's – um. That's interesting. I I think – I don't know how, how I think in that regard. Like, because for me, 
like the joy for me in making art is purely just in the process of it. Mm. So sometimes it's not even like what the end result is like. It's just some days I just like painting, you know. So it makes it even more gratifying when it gets to the point where someone does want to purchase off you, which sort of incentivizes the next one. So then you kind of already have that thought of, you know, making it to be sold, especially once you've sort of on like a roll, if you're selling quite a few, then you're thinking about that a lot. And I think subconsciously sometimes you will cater things to a certain type. Like if you know there's a certain type of work that you know has sold well, Mm. you're potentially a bit more inclined to do more of that work because you know it's something that's going to like get back to you. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose the only real way to sort of solidify that process in which you are fully ingrained in the work itself and it's purely organic and there's no intention of it going elsewhere or, or having any sort of profit return from it. Um, I imagine it's quite tricky to achieve. You'd have to pretty much like remove yourself from social media and yeah. things like that so you're not sort of like inclined to share bits of the process and just fully just just do it for, for what it is, yeah, which yeah. I think, like you say, these days is is tricky because a lot of people want to be able to make careers off what they love doing, mm. which is definitely more achievable, but that's usually what's on everyone's mind is how do I make money from yeah. doing this, you know? But, like, how else are you meant to do that in mm. the, the world that we live in today? Exactly. Like, how else can you spend the rest of your working years, like, doing what you love, you yeah. know, like running on your own schedule and, exactly. you know, making work and everyone, like, loves it yeah. and you're able to support yourself and not having to worry about, like, putting a roof over your head and, like, you know, exactly. affording yeah. food and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it is like a – I guess it's kind of a struggle of, like, whether you do want to, like, make it something that you, like – enjoy doing as a hobby or if you actually want to like I guess what people say Mm. make it (laughs) you know if you really want to make it or whatever um so yeah that's kind of been something that I've been thinking like thinking about the last few years or so just kind of been like hmm I don't know really where I want to go I feel like I'm just thinking way too deeply about like yeah yeah but that's okay though I mean I mean that's that's sort of how you stumble into a block because you really start to like interrogate yourself and like the way in which you should be doing the things that you're doing but I think what it comes down to is just like if you're even if you're thinking too hard about it as long as you end up coming back to the work you sort of know it's meant to be doing what it's doing you know Mm. it's going to find its own channel yeah how it's going to work out for you but yeah it is easy to get lost in in thoughts like that and be like because because that can affect how you feel about the work itself as well if you're thinking too much about how it's going to like turn out for you i suppose yeah and i think i think it's a bit unfortunate that um like when you're young um like people our age that are paying rent and things like that um and i suppose it's the same if you're paying off a mortgage and that sort of thing as well like being able to afford to live you know um yeah, you you sort of have to – it'd be nice to be able to just fully immerse yourself in doing the work. Mm. But the sad reality is it's just not feasible, especially in New Zealand, I think, which might be a broad claim. But, you know, it's not a super, super artsy country, I don't mm, think. I think yeah. a lot of what art is to a lot of people is just sort of um, – relating to things so you see a lot of art that people 
you know, it is very New Zealand and, and people come here to sort of, you know, tourists will come here and purchase art because it is based around New Zealand. So if, if for people that are in a, a, an artistic field that's a bit sort of broader, I suppose, or, or out of the norm, there's not a huge market for that sort of work and your only real clientele is people that are your age or like your friend yeah, group. Yeah. And at this sort of age, when we're a lot younger, not a lot of your friends can afford to buy your work. So it's just sort of this vicious cycle in a way or just it it's just not realistic to think that you can actually seriously start a career and do nothing else just do the work because you'd just you'd have to be I don't even know how you'd achieve that that'd just be such luck you'd have to have just so many connections and just know that your work will sell for so much to get you by for so long I think the reality is for all artists is that they will be they will be either studying or working part-time alongside that just to fund their day-to-day stuff and a wee bit of what they're they need to be able to produce the work as well. Mm, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's tricky. <laughs> right? That's, that's what I've been thinking for the last wee while. Like, oh yeah. my God, there's so much to think about. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting what you say about New Zealand kind of being not being a big place for artists mm. because even things like murals, like a lot of murals that are not too sure about, but Dunedin, but I know that um, after the earthquake, like a lot of the murals that popped up in Christchurch, um, a lot of them were commissioned f- like artists from overseas, like mm. majority of them actually, which is quite interesting because there's Overall, actually, okay. yeah, there's like a lot of New Zealand <laughs> artists that are like well within yeah. like, you know, that that it is achievable. Like yeah. we have so many amazing Would it not artists. be easier to get a local artist yeah. to do a mural? And- Would that not make more sense? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it is kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and there's definitely like an art community in New Zealand, don't get me wrong, but like if you compare it to somewhere like in New York, like yeah. history that somewhere like New York has had yeah. in the art world, it's vastly different. Like mm. you can't look at a city like that from New Zealand and go, oh, okay, that's, you know, young artists do succeed and, you know, you hear back stories about all oh, these successful artists have come up from just doing painting, but there's yeah. a huge market for that kind of work there not so much here so you do have to be as broad as you can and it usually means bringing like a whole business sort of mindset into it as well yeah which I've found that's that's sort of my brain before the work like I typically try to think about like I want to be able to do what I do full time Mm. and to me the only way to achieve that is to look at it 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 is a business in its own sense but you have to look at it like that in the most literal sense um, you're making a product to be sold and to make profit from yeah. um, if you want that to be a career. But that mindset sort of affects the work. Like I think about that too much. I'm mm. like, well, you know, if I, if I just turn in, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, and now we're both in this yeah, cycle yeah, trying exactly. to figure out how the, the proper how, way like, to do it. Yeah. How much of like a rabbit hole exactly. it is. Like there's yeah, so many sure. different like – like things to think about as well and like it's so it's so hard to not let it like eat you yeah out from like from the inside out because it's just like all consuming um I guess I'm trying to like unlearn all of these things that I've kind of been like told from when I was younger because I, I grew up in a family where it was like all creative things weren't like anything that you could live off right. essentially like like being creative wasn't going to put food on the table and coming from like a first generation, like I'm first generation, like Kiwi Korean. So like 
my family immigrated here and we weren't super like well off when we were younger so it was really important for my parents to like instill and me and my brother like yeah. you need to you need to make have money essentially yeah, yeah you need to have a career like uh, as much as you love this thing that you want to do like you've got to put food on the table yeah, you know sure. um so and like I do understand that there is like a truth in that but there's also a lot of lies in that as well yeah. like I can people can definitely be creative and make a career out of it. But yeah. regardless of whether you want to make a career career out of it or not, um, that is something, like, if that's something you want to pursue, then that should be something you pursue. So this is something that I've just kind of been, like, unlearning um, over the last few years, especially, like, seeing a lot of people I know, like, just complete, like, thriving, doing the things that they love, like, is really, really inspiring. Um like uh, Mari Mermaid, like Jess yeah, Thompson. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, see, really well, eh? Yeah, seeing her um, just, like, getting so much recognition all over the country for, like, doing something that she called a hobby, like, sure. literally, like, two mm -hmm. years ago and um, doing, like, seeing her do awesome, amazing, important work. Um, yeah, seeing people like that, like, yeah, coming it from... it can be done. Yeah. Coming, it definitely can be done. Coming out of Dunedin as well, just it makes you real proud and, like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah, and I think to go back to um, what we were talking about, like, the meaning in work, in her case, I think there is a lot of meaning, so yeah. that sort of carries it with mm -hmm. it as well, you know. Mm. There's there's a lot of work to be shown, but there's also a lot of meaning and story behind yeah. the work that's being presented as well, so that sort of carries its own thing, which helps sort of, I guess, bring attention to the cause, I suppose, yeah. and, and whatever yeah. case it may be. Um, but, yeah, it's. I think you're going to end up having to, you know, I th it's definitely achievable, and I think there's more re realistic ways of achieving it um. Yeah, like I mean, f myself for example, I still have to work part time to be able to keep up what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think the goal there is just to continue what I'm doing outside of work, and still put in as much time of it as I can in the time that I'm given. Yeah, and then sort of have it on the side, so to speak. You want to fully immerse yourself in it, but if you can keep it on the side and be and be good at your time management and actually produce the work as much as you can in the time that you have while still working mm. as well, then that you might find that it just takes off on its own and then you can shift into it rather than just solely going in from day one trying to be an artist. Mm, mm. It's You're not going to have – It's not you're not realistically going to have a good outcome. Obviously, in some cases, that has worked out for some people, but a lot of the time it's just who you know and – yeah, what sort of demographic your work reaches as well. Yeah. Because it could be so niche that no one here, again, back to the New Zealand argument, really, really understands what it's about yeah. and might be intriguing to a lot of people, but do people want to invest in it, you know, because that's what you'd need to in order to keep doing it, you know, and, and make a living from it because you can't really live on just making art if you're not selling anything, yeah, which is this sad reality. But yeah. it's cool when you can push it into like fields like say graphic design where you can actually have a career in that. Mm. And if you can like translate that art to other companies or, you know, people that actually need that sort of on a continual basis, then they're good pathways to sort of go down. But is that the same as sort of being fully immersed in the work. Yeah, yeah. I keep coming back to that phrase <laughs> and I hope that was what you were sort of trying to say before yeah. being able to just purely do the art for self. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like, I um, 
that's the goal for me is like to get to a place um, where I'm able to make work like purely for for my own sake mm-hmm. and not to make something just look aesthetically pleasing, but to like actually have a purpose with my work and yeah. um, you know like enjoy doing it as well because I like when I have done work for myself, like I I just get fully in the zone and like I feel like. A minute's gone by. Mm. It's been like six hours or something. Yeah, you know, for sure. like that. Like, I, I love doing that. Fucking love doing that. That's like one of the my favorite things to do. Um, so I guess like keeping that aspect and separating that from my like kind of designing mindset, where I'm like, what do people want to see? Yeah, like, for sure. What do I want to convey with this? Like, because. Graphic design is all about how people are going to see your work and, like, see, like, what you are designing and what the purpose is for it, you know. Like, if you're creating a poster for something, like, it's not really you. It's, like, it's this, like, a event that's happening and you're trying to portray that mm. through your creativity, but mm. it's not actually you, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say before is, like, trying to keep those things separate yeah. and in my head. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, I suppose you still get some enjoyment though out of doing yeah. the work that's not purely your own, you know, mm. doing stuff for other people because I've seen like you did that graphic design for that um oh, musician. Thea. Yeah. Yeah, Thea. yeah. That was that was quite fun. Um so that wasn't actually like that was quite fun because it was like she just kind of contacted me um after seeing uh, the t-shirt design I did for Fly Spray mm. and she was kind of like this is Really cool. Like do you want to do my name? Yeah. And I was like, I would love to do that. So, um, yeah, it was just like I just listened to her music and then just kind of yeah, your interpretation guess, on it. Yeah, I guess, up. which is another thing that I really love doing, especially if it's for um, they're like a musician or an artist. Like I like to listen to them while doing it because it just kind of like gives me a better idea of like their aesthetic and kind of like what colors pop into your head when you're listening to them what kind of like um I think especially with words as well I have recently really enjoyed like playing around with typography and fonts and stuff like that like what kind of yeah what kind of emotions or like aesthetics do you want to portray through like the form of your words Mm. and there's there's so much you can do with like just fiddling around with, like, the spaces in between words or, like, just changing it up a little bit. Like, I can make this K look completely different, but it will still read like a K. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, changing the flow of, like, the words and the overall shape of them. And, like, you can essentially just make it into, like, more than a word. Like, yeah. you know, it's like a visual thing as well. Like, it's not just... I think you, they have the chance to be quite creative there, and not really have come across any hurdles because, at least, at least this is how I interpret it, when you're working with words and typography, you already have the context yeah. of what you're making there ready for. You know it's going to be this word. Mm-hmm. You just have to put your flair on it. So you've really got that freedom to just sort of like, yeah. it's, it's it's almost half done in a way. Like you, you know what you need to achieve rather yeah. than, like staring at a blank canvas or a blank piece of paper and going, right, what am I going to make from yeah, this? Exactly. You know, you've got that freedom to be able to do it. And I think that's a pattern in which I feel like I have been, like I I like creating in, like I've been given the, like a kind of like a really uh, brief 
like a brief brief yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. or just um, an outline and I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's, yeah. yeah. So that, that was really fun. Um, what else have I done recently? Not really too much, to be honest. Yeah, um, for other people Yeah, for other people, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I've been trying to get more into screen printing, um, mm. which is to get myself out of this rut, <laughs> <laughs> which sure. has been helping a lot. Um, I think doing things hands-on as well is just Absolutely. Like a lot yeah. better. A lot more satisfying, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like I really I, like the digital worlds in that sense. Yeah. Like the stuff that you create, I think, Thank is you. really cool, and I really admire that. But there's something about getting your hands dirty yeah. and making things like that too. That's a whole nother thing. Getting ink like under yeah. your fingernails. So stuff. good. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> really yeah. makes you feel something. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm sure you could find like, obviously this is something that your thoughts are that you're battling at the moment, but I'm sure there's a way you can, you can easily have a side of you that is doing the work purely for you and not sort of, I guess, advertising it or putting it out there or thinking about other people in that regard too yeah. much and have that channel and, and create a workflow on its own and yeah. sort of accumulate work in that way and then still have that side of you that's doing the work for others because mm. it sounds like you sort of get different feelings out of either work, yeah, right? You definitely. sort of feel feel one way when you're doing this, feel another way when you're doing that and then the stuff that you do for other people could sort of turn into the side that helps you in that sense of profit, I suppose, yeah. and then what you do with the work that you're doing, that you're sort of just accumulating the stuff that you just like doing rather than looking ahead to something that you want it to be a part of, mm. actually looking back on it and then going, right, I've accumulated all this work that I've loved spending my time doing and now I can exhibit it, mm. which is probably the the only realistic art way an artist can sort of get their work out there is to display it in a way that makes sense to how it was all formed yeah. and have it not just be something that you post online and say, here's something, anyone want to buy this sort yeah. of thing because then that sort of creates a weird feeling around the process as well. And I guess that's how – that's the real work you have to put in, I suppose, is looking for spots and places that you can exhibit your work in because yeah. I think it's a lot easier to form an exhibition based by rounding things up rather than going, oh, I know I've got something ahead and making work for it because then you're just back to that square one of going, all right, well, I have to make something that's cohesive and yeah. I have to make it – somewhat for people to enjoy if you're thinking about that as well mm -hmm. and for, for profit too because presumably you're going to be selling the pieces that are in the exhibition. So I, I personally would think it would be easier to backtrack on work that you've accumulated through that process of being like organic and just like yeah. doing because you want to do it and doing yeah. it on your time and, and putting that work into it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I want to work. I want to be able to like just do whatever I want to do and like not feel any kind of pressure from anyone else or like what I think of anyone else as well. Um, I feel like that would be like the most authentic form of art that I would be able to yeah. make. And that's, I feel like that's the ultimate goal for me. I just want really want to make authentic art. And I, I'm really curious just to see like what I would make as well. Yeah. So at the moment, I guess I'm just like learning a whole different bunch of mediums, um, trying to learn more and like the digital aspect of things, trying to get more into 3D modeling, but it's very, there's a lot to it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, One step at a time, I yeah. suppose, right? Yeah. And, um, but also trying to, um, 
learn more like hands-on kind of yeah. kinds of techniques it's as nice well. to broaden the things that you do so that yeah. you don't sort of get tired of the one thing you think you love something and then you eventually will get to a point where you're like right I've done this so much like what else can I do <laughs> yeah. there's so many things in the creative field that you can get your hands on whether it's physical or digital or whatever it is yeah. there's so many pathways you can go down exactly. and that and that in turn can can make a better result for the other things you know mm. if you if you if you spend the time away from one medium and another and find that you love doing that as well. And then you can cycle back to the other one and go, all right, now I can sort of take some sort of meaning that I've taken from this. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if you're working in digital um, or just on paper or canvas and then working with like 3D sculpture and ceramic jewellery, that sort of thing, yeah. there's a lot of that you can translate back to the, the canvas because you're sort of working with different shapes and form factors and aesthetics and ideas through that. And it probably goes both ways, you know, yeah. but that that's probably the best way someone could be better at something else that they do is by doing something else. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best no, way to explain that. Right, but that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of creatives and artists should have a couple mediums that they try it yeah. because – being able to switch back and forth between the two has their own feel and sort of keeps it fresh, you know, and that yeah. just means that if you ever get tired of something, you you know, you've got something else you can sort of fall back on and, and vice versa rather than just sort of honing in on the one thing yeah. and then getting sort of tired of it and losing interest straight Definitely. away. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I'll never get tired of like learning how to do something, like learning how to do something new, like yeah, a new medium sure. or something. Like I always find it super exciting. Absolutely. Um, I get, yeah, quite, like, overwhelmed with, like, thinking about what I want to do with, like, a new medium because there's just so many possibilities, you yeah, know. absolutely. It's, it's literally yeah. infinite. Um, and I find that really exciting. So, like, learning how to, you know, how to screen print or, you know, how to 3D model, I think um, there's just, like, uh, it just kind of sparks that joy in you again. Like, yeah. you just want to, like, get out there and just, like, spend all of, like a few days just straight, just Absolutely. working on that thing. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I think, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So you were saying how, yeah, it's it's good to try your hand at as many things as you can. And I agree, and I love the learning new things. What I have really dabbled in is stuff that I know I can achieve on my own. Mm. Do you think that? Um, you're in that same boat, like you've sort of mainly just th- done things that you could sort of do from home, but then sort of had to go into, um, you know, like these night classes and things to learn the 3D printing and the jewellery, the slightly more complex things that not everyone would really have access to those. Yeah, I mean, like, facilities. in my ideal world, I would have, like, access to all of the um, materials mm. and Naturally. equipment that I'd need, but... Yeah. Um, we do not live in a world like that. So um, I would really love one way, one day to um, own like a old school like printing press. Oh yeah. Cause I love printmaking so much, but, um, and it's, it's like quite sad not being able to do printmaking from home, you know, cause it's, yeah. it's something that I've, I've really, really loved doing. Like I've never got tired of doing it. Um, and I also wonder if that's like a part of my kind of like, artist block as well just not being able to have access to these things again Mm. like in high school you have like all these computers all this fancy equipment all these cameras printing presses paintbrushes like you've got everything there you can just do whatever you want Mm. um so long as you're obviously in the class which is what I did and then um I guess not having access to those things again and being quite limited to 
pen and paper because mm. that, that's all I all I really had. Um, so I found that quite, um, I guess, difficult trying to hone in all my creativity into like one medium. For sure. Um, like, and then obviously like getting paints gradually. And then, um, I mean, like saved up to buy a nice computer that can actually like handle quite mm. a few programs and stuff like that. And then like getting those programs or like buying those programs and um, learning how to use those. So, yeah, I guess. Doesn't all come that easy, eh? No, it doesn't. It, it's kind of satisfying, though, having to work for it. Like, oh, absolutely. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Like, you get to kind of appreciate it more. Yeah, like, I, I guess 100%. you feel the same about yeah, this whole setup as well. Yeah, like. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice putting in, yeah, yeah. the long-term work to get to it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you're whacking all yeah, my equipment sorry. as we talk about. Yeah, no, you're right. That's fine. You feel free to move that as, as much yeah. as you want. <laughs> um, um, yeah. With printing in particular, mm. I find it is quite awkward, especially because, like, um, I had a wee nosy on your Instagram. A lot of some you've had some etching prints that you've done in the yeah. past. Is that right? Yeah. So that that is one that I've. That's probably the only sort of printing that I've ever done. Mm. And the, yeah, the really niggly part about um, etching dry point um, printing is that you really have to have like a, a printing press, and those <laughs> things are not like a dime a dozen. Yeah. Like, and they're super rare to come across as well. You basically have to like go somewhere that has. A press mm. to be able to do the work mm -hmm. and that is really kind of annoying and tricky because you have to sort of almost take all your gear there to do it it's not exactly. your own space you're sort of on someone else's time yeah exactly um and it's like how how have you done etching prints in the past i mean i i haven't those things were from high school which was oh, when right yeah. so, so it was all there for you yeah again. um yeah. there's like there's only one i believe there's only like one way of doing printmaking from home, which is like when you have a piece of paper um, and you like ink up the back and then put talcum powder on top and then you like flip it over onto another piece of paper, like slightly damp piece of paper. Are we then, talking like woodcut prints or are you talking no, just e like paper. etching? Yeah, etchings. Yeah, and then right. you, you literally just need paper, and paper, ink and talcum powder and then whatever you press onto the like top piece of paper it'll come out on the other side that's the only right. etching you can do like you're gonna have to teach me that because i was yeah. just gonna ask like this is <laughs> this is the thing that i've been trying to figure out how to do so the way i was doing them yeah i was um i do the etching um apply the ink to the etching plate yeah uh dampen the paper mm. put the paper on top and then i put like a fine piece of like um acrylic or like sort of real thin plastic over right. top and then wooden spoon like oh. real press really hard yeah which is in insanely tiring yeah. like it, even just like l smaller than a4 size mm -hmm. that you have to apply so much pressure so much yeah that like the result is fantastic mm. but my god i could do like <laughs> one a month because it was just that tiring yeah and yeah. I've, I've tried to find other ways to do it you know creating like vice grips and trying to like apply apply as much pressure as i can but you just you can't do it without a print so nothing, nothing that's interesting nothing quite does it like a no. like a printing press um but yeah the talcum powder technique is like so you don't you don't actually have an etching pre-made is a thing so like it's literally like two bits of plain paper oh. and then you ink up one side put talcum powder all over it flip it over on top of the other paper and then whatever you draw into that oh, it'll see. come out so oh, it's I like you right. it's it's kind of it's kind of like a third party way of doing yeah, it different right kind of like well, like we learned it um 
like at the end of the year, like it was just like a real brief kind of thing because I don't think a lot of people use that technique. It's still it still is considered like a printmaking technique, but it's um yeah, I mean like it's why would you do that when you've got a printing press? And yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I've um, never heard of that before. Yeah, it's a, well my my teacher was like a painting teacher, so mm. he had used this technique quite a fair bit as well. But um it does come in handy before. But yeah, like I said, nothing beats a printing press oh, and just 100%. like that feeling of not knowing what's going to come out yeah, on the other side. Yeah. I was just going to say the best part about printing mm. is getting the result like then and there. Like you put all the work and you kind yeah. of don't really see. I mean, you obviously see the work if you're if you're whatever you're doing. If it's if it's woodcutter, screen print, or etching, whatever. Like you obviously are making the patterns. So there's work in that, but lifting the paper up or whatever, or having it pulled pulled through the press and mm. and lifting it up and seeing that is immensely satisfying because Best like because like, oh, so <laughs> like with a painting. You're you're watching it sort of grow, so yeah. there's not sort of that element of surprise. I suppose it's sort of just a suspenseful process where you can tweak things finitely as you sort of go along. Whereas the print's just like, whew, yeah, done. It's holy, it is holy. a pretty shit feeling when you put like hours of work into an yeah. etching and then it comes out like yeah. looking like total dog shit, yeah. and you're like, no, exactly done. Eh? I yeah. was um, when I first started practicing with with them, I didn't realize. Um, that you really had to be quite specific with the ink you use. So mm. I ended up buying a water-based ink. Oh, no. And because I was blotting the paper, yeah. it just went everywhere. And yeah. that was extremely unsatisfying. You learn from your mistakes, so. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of the process, right? You yeah. go through this trial and error phase until you finally get it. It's like, mm. oh, and often, so even if sad. you like make a mistake and you realize it's a mistake, sometimes the end product just like, looks even like yeah. I don't know just something you totally were not expecting at all yeah. but it's like just I could work it. with this yeah, I could definitely absolutely. work with this yeah and printing is one of these things where you have that I guess there's that part of the process that that can occur mm. whereas with painting it's all you you know yeah and same with photography sometimes a photo can come out real whack exactly like, actually that's kind of sick yeah like yeah. especially with film and that sort of things you get funny lines and like blurs and things and like, like doing double exposures as well yeah like, it's yeah like, for sure you never know what's going to come out like so that's pretty cool so, have you ever dabbled in photography um i did used to take some film photos back in the day um and you wanted to get into darkroom stuff too eh? yeah i wanted to i'm not unsure if i have the time for it at the moment mm. but <laughs> again it's one of those things you kind of have to have a dark room <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and all those chemicals and stuff yeah like that. for sure uh, um no I've, I've been trying to get back into film photography as well just like make it a habit of taking my camera like yeah. everywhere with me where i go and like if i see something i like i'll take a photo of it but um for me personally it's not like the medium that i guess i find i translate the best with but it definitely comes in handy like I like fiddling around with um, photos and like Photoshop and then like adding different layers to it or yeah. like adding a drawing on yeah, top of cool. a photo or things like that. So I find those kinds of things quite um, satisfying. But yeah, um, I guess photography is not really my calling, but it, yeah, it is a fun sure. hobby. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I since having to buy a camera for this podcast I've mm. just been playing around just because it's such a compact camera I can take that around everywhere and it's nice to whip it out here and there and yeah. take photos and that sort of thing I love photography as its own medium in, in the art world because I feel like a lot of what art is doing in the, in the visual art world when you're painting or, or whatever it is um, often is imitating 
life, right? Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of that stuff is sort of derived from sort of life experience and that sort of thing. Whereas photography is that in its most literal sense. Yeah. Like it is it is translating that in its most literal form. But to be able to do it in a way where you're sort of orchestrating things to achieve a result rather than applying things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like to be able to organize, say, a photo shoot and you know where you want to be and like who you want to have in it if it's going to be a figurative photo. Mm. Um, I just find that really satisfying. Like, because figure, figures are a key thing in, in my work. I pretty much always have a figure of some kind in my work. Yeah. So in photography, I feel like you achieve the result a lot quicker because you you have the figure there yeah. in a way rather than trying to create one. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it a fascinating field. I think it's 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 it seems so simple mm. but also so complex at the same time. And just the things you can achieve with photography yeah. I think is really fascinating. And like Definitely. my point before about like if you're using film, having funny blotches and lines and sort of just funny colours and things pop up if it's like if it's an old camera or whatever it is you do to achieve that result. Uh, it just just has a feeling to it yeah, that definitely. painting and visual the visual artwork just doesn't give, and yeah. I think it's something I want to get into later on in life. Probably can do now, of course, but like this, I think there's so much to it. I just I don't know. I, it's like, it. I, I find that the same with like a lot of mediums as well, though. Like it's a completely new way of like portraying your creativity. Yeah, it does get overwhelming. Like. Yeah, for sure. sure I and I suppose my story goes both ways in that regard. Like you can't really compare photography to, to painting yeah. in some sense of, of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know. I, um, I guess I have a special place in my heart for photography as well. It's just something that I like. I'm not very good at, but um, yeah, a lot of protests in particular. Um, so like a kind of sub category of photography where a lot of people take um photo like artistic photos in protests mm. and like the amount of like you just c- capture all of these like really strong emotions and like people's like facial expressions yeah. and like the anger and like oh. frustration you feel yeah all of that captured in like a split moment it's like beautiful it's yeah. super super cool definitely um and and the thing with that as well there's another thing I like, I like about photography is sometimes it's just chance like sometimes exactly. just being in the right place yeah. in the right time and being able to capture certain moments like that mm. just adds a whole thing. Like it's, you know, it can be as simple as point and shoot, but like yeah. to be in that moment and and capture the emotion of people in that scenario yeah. is, is a pretty crazy thing to to be able to, to have that. It's, it's like a level of intuitiveness that I think a lot of like the world, the mo- world's like, most renowned photographers have is like just knowing the exact right moment mm. to like they, and like knowing I guess it's also like the person themselves as well because a lot of photographers will be like pretty I mean a lot of them are characters you know but like if you really get someone to open up to you and you like capture that mm. moment and like you know the exact split moment to take that photo that's like a gift in itself you oh, know 100%. you can't learn that like, yeah People and like you it. can you can have those as a memory too for like your lifetime, but yeah. memories fade and and aren't always forever. And to be able to actually like establish that in a physical format, mm. almost you know, like if you were to physically print that photo, you can have a physical, yeah, yeah. capture essentially is what a photo is of, the, of that, which I think is really intense. Yeah, yeah, well, very cool. Can be intense, but like I guess generally speaking, is yeah quite an interesting thing to be able to do and mm. do right, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
photography's cool. <laughs> well, Eugene, we've done an hour. I think that was oh well, that was yeah. Time flies, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep you up for too long. I oh. really appreciate you coming on. This yeah. was really fun. Yeah, thanks some, for having me. Yeah, Karen. really interesting great. insights into into the art world. Yeah, sorry, sorry if I uh, talked too much about oh, my artist not. blog. <laughs> absolutely not. Well, that's 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 one of the things I want to be able to, to talk to people about. You know, because yeah. because I've had a few people saying, well, you know, I, I don't have a lot to to really talk about because mm. um, I haven't been doing much recently. Yeah. But the thing that fascinates me is why, why, what is what is that? Because you can't, you, you, know? you can't put a rush on good art, you know. You can't, yeah, you can't exactly. rush creative people because good things take time. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you want things to be like your true, like if you want things to convey your like true authentic self, I think it takes time. And you know what? We're all still super young, so yeah. like we have our whole lives to Absolutely. like do all the things that we want Absolutely. to do. And yeah, I think that's a pretty special thing to have, like just gradually working yeah, on something. definitely. Word, yeah. word to the wise. What a way to end it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, Eugene. Thanks Bye, for having everyone. me, Karen. Awesome. That was... Awesome. Woo! That did not feel like an hour. What the hell? Crazy, right? Yeah. Home Audio Entertainment. 9016 Radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit down and relax. Enjoy the music. <laughs>